So I was feeling great. My body was activated. I was energized. I was stretched. Um, I had, I was super relaxed, had no tension. Um, my voice was warmed up. I'm sure the hotel maids uh, were like, what the fuck is happening in there as I'm, as I'm going like, uh, 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 uh. Hotel, hotel maids don't ask questions. Yeah, right? yeah, <laughs> Welcome to Inside the Audition, the podcast where we go behind the scenes for a deep dive look into the world of auditions. I'm Joe Lars Larson, creator of Actors Audition Club an international community helping actors book your dream roles in TV, film, and theater. And I'm Brandon Knox, actor, producer, and co-host. Each episode, we chat with actors and industry professionals to share their audition experiences, insights, and advice. We provide actors with actionable tips, strategies, and resources to help you elevate your auditions. We demystify the often intimidating and misunderstood world of auditions to help you succeed. So whether you're just starting out on your acting journey or you're a seasoned pro, join our Actors Audition Club members as we go Inside the Audition. Well, hello, 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 internets. Welcome to episode 154. We are here inside the audition. Where are we? We're inside the audition. Hello? Hello. Hello. Welcome, welcome. I'm joined today by uh, the regular co-host, Brandon Knox, and our bonus co-host today, Aaron Elizabeth Reed, who is one of our session directors in New York City. Uh, we got a great episode today, something that I'm really excited about. Uh, We're going to talk about my recent on-set experience uh, shooting an episode of a TV show that I was a part of, uh, which was an incredible experience. So we're going to get into that. And the reason that I wanted to make sure that Aaron and Brandon were here is they were a big part of that in my preparation uh, during the auditions and uh, the callback auditions. And even while I was on set, needing some extra prep. Uh, so we're going to break that down. I've been journaling about it and doing my own little debrief. Uh, so we're going to get into that. But first, we want to make sure to remind you, if you're watching this on Facebook or on YouTube right now, smash the share button, share it out with your actor friends, and you can interact and ask questions throughout the broadcast in the comments, and we will answer those questions and interact with you live in the show. So this is an interactive podcast here, live. And the other thing we want to let you know is everyone who does comment or ask a question, at the end of the episode, you're going to be entered into a draw where you'll have a chance to win a free self-tape session with one of our session directors. Uh, that's a value of anywhere from $49 to $89. And all you got to do is be here and interact in the comments. Make sense? Yeah. How do? Can I interact? No, you can't win. <laughs> Darn. You definitely cannot win. Um, so let's uh, let's just get into it here. So to uh, to remind people, we've talked about this in a couple uh, recent episodes uh, where I announced that I had booked the role and then I was away shooting it. Uh, but uh, in a brief nutshell, I booked a lead role in an episode of a new series. It's a I can't reveal all the details of it, but um, can't spoil it, and I don't think it's public knowledge yet. But I can tell you, it's a horror anthology where each episode is its own story, uh, very much like Black Mirror or Twilight Zone or Outer Limits. 
Uh, and it was one of the coolest experiences of my life, one of my best onset experiences, uh, and something that I'll never forget. So um, I've been spending some time after I shot thinking about it and debriefing and journaling a little bit so I can capture some of the memories and capture some of the lessons. So just to, to break this down for everyone, I'd, I've lumped my notes and lessons into three main categories, uh, and that is team, preparation, and energy. Those were the three lessons and three things that I really focused on uh, going into this um, project. Uh, so we're going to talk about those. So first off, team, more than ever before, I really had a big focus on making sure that I had a team around me and making sure that I was focused on meeting everyone on set. So, And that started first here with Brandon and Aaron. Um, I have my own audition team. Brandon helped me with the original uh, self-tape audition, which, by the way, was way back in April. And uh, I booked him here at Actors Audition Club. We worked on it and we submitted it. And then nothing happened for... April, May, June, July, so much so that I was like, oh, okay, I guess this one went away. And that was a little disappointing, but I'd kind of forgotten about it as you do when you do an audition. But I was pumped for this project. This one was one of those ones. We all know that there, every audition in your head really isn't equal. Some have more weight or you, uh, you resonate with different projects and different roles more. And this one, the second that I saw it, the character breakdown, that it was a new series, uh, that it was in the vein of Black Mirror, Twilight Zone, Outer Limits. So it was just one of those ones where I was like, ooh, this is juicy. My character had a great arc. The scenes that they gave me for auditions were awesome. So I really, really wanted this one. And then it went away and nothing happened. Until late July, I got an email from my agent saying, uh, casting is looking for you at the callback on Zoom right now. Where are you? And I was like, huh? Callback for what? I, I, I called her back and was literally like, I have no idea what you're talking about right now. I don't know what project you're talking about. I have not heard about a callback. Uh, long story very short is somehow and this has never happened i've been with my agent for so long like for many many years eight nine ten years now somehow i don't know if it was a typo in the email or just the the gmail gods uh <laughs> were frowning on me but i never the two weeks earlier to the callback i never got the callback uh audition notice so i get this notice saying like yeah they're looking for you right now and i'm like i don't know what you're talking about and then i get on the horn with her she sends me what it is I remember that it's this project that we sh that we shot the first audition for back in April. And my initial instinct is freaking the fuck out. I'm like, I can't fucking believe this. The thing that I wanted the most more than anything recently is like somehow I didn't get an email. Like what the F? And this never no shade towards my agent because she didn't know what happened. I didn't know what happened. It was just one of those things. But what happened is they were like, the session's still happening. They can see you right now. And I'm, I had to quickly weigh that. And I'm like, I haven't looked at these sides for three months. Yeah, I can hop on and be nice with the director and maybe have sides in hand. But I'm like, I don't know. And I'm already flustered. So I was like, I don't think I can do this right now. And then what made the decision to not do it 
part of me was like, there was fear of missing out where I'm like, I can't miss the callback. That's super unprofessional. Um, but then in my head, I was like, if I go on now, I'm not going to be prepared, prepared, even, even in the meet and greet, like part of callbacks and, and meeting the director is they get to know you as a human, but I'm kind of on tilt now. I'm kind of flustered. So I had to tell my agent, I'm like, you know what? No, I'm not going in a callback with five minute notice. There's nothing that I'm going to do right now. That's going to be better than my original audition. I was like, ask them if we can reschedule or tell them to book me on my first audition. Cause there's no way that I'm going to be better right now with five minutes notice than my original audition, which was a hard thing to do and kind of n- not the ideal situation, but she got back to casting. They said, no problem. The director can see you Monday. This was on a Thursday. The director can see you Monday. No problem. And I also got the sense that they really did want to see me because they really liked my first audition. Uh, so they weren't re- willing to be like, oh, he didn't make it, then screw him. So fortunately for me, the casting director, the uh, the director, the production team, and my agent were able to all work it out. Um, and I had the weekend to prepare. So getting back to team, part of that team preparation was on the Monday morning, I booked Aaron um, to do a Zoom session and right before my Zoom session. So I think I my appointment with casting was, uh, I think, at noon. So I booked Aaron, I believe, at 10.30 to 11.30. And I set up my Zoom setup exactly the way I would have it in the real callback audition. And we just ran the scenes over and over and over again. But we ran them exactly like it was the callback. So I slated. And then Aaron said, thank you so much. Let's go into scene one whenever you're ready. We did scene one. Thank you so much. Let's move forward to scene two whenever you're ready. Did scene two. Thank you so much. Let's do scene three. And we did that five or six times just over and over and over again, drilling it. So I knew my my uh, beginnings and endings. Um, and I had mapped out all my eye lines. I knew exactly my frame in every scene. And then, so we ran it and ran it and ran it and ran it. And then at around 11.30, I hung up. 11.45, I logged in and I was hot. So uh, Aaron, you can unmute now. Um, Just shout out to both of you for for being a part of that. I'm really fortunate to, to more than ever, feel like I have an audition team and that I wasn't auditioning alone. Uh, Brandon, for you in the the first um, self-tape audition, and Aaron in the callback. Um, and I think that's a, a huge lesson to everyone watching is the level of preparation, like, and, and also the note of practicing like you play. There's no point half-assing your rehearsals and half-assing your preparation because then when it's game time, everything's different. There's nerves and there's pressure and there's lights, camera, action and crew and cast all around you. So just the idea of rehearsing till you can't get it wrong versus rehearsing till you get it right. And then also practicing till you play. So um, thank you for both, uh, both of you for that, Brandon and Aaron. Um, Aaron, any, uh, anything you want to share about that process or throughout? Yeah. Um, well, I got, well, gosh, a um, couple of things. I remember 
I just remember how pissed you were that oh. that Thursday. Oh, I was livid. I mean, I was like not at anyone in particular, more at the universe. Initially, I was if and I we've had a conversation about this the day after with my agent. I wasn't in the best mood after getting that uh, note from my agent. It's never happened before. Um, so, and I don't, we still weren't, I think we figured out what happened. I think it, it was either an old email or a typo in an email, um, an old email address that is not, no longer active, but it was one of those things where it's like, you got to realize, okay, this is where we're at now. What do we do? But internally I did freak out and I was super pissed. Um, and then I had to take a deep breath and calm myself and just say, okay, this is the hand that's been dealt. Now, how do we uh do some damage control and how do we save this so yeah uh, I well not yeah not oh my god the dogs hang on sorry brandon why don't you take over yeah. for a second? I, I think that what this really goes to show lars is that you're really starting to ask and fight for what you want like you you took a huge risk saying you know what i'm not gonna do this right now give if you want to give me some time that's great if you don't fine right. and you you really put it out on the table like i can do this if you give me the time for it you have not i ha i have not received that time yet and right. taking that is a is a huge step in in your growth and like it, it's a huge testament to what you have become uh since since working at the uh the Tataroff studio and like uh graduating the conservatory and like the 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 years that you've spent uh throughout covid and uh throughout lockdown and stuff and the the time that you've you've dedicated to your growth as a performer and your and your growth as a as a storyteller which is a huge testament to you so so huge congrats there and yes. and i've been watching the the Tataroff uh the 6 minute intro video a lot recently um and I, I just keep rewatching it and rewatching it and rewatching it. And the thing that I always come back to is, is the uh, say yes to what you want um, or ask and fight for what you want and preparation plus commitment equal confidence and career. And, and that's what you did when you got the time you said, okay, I'm going to do everything and humanly possible. You assembled this team. I, I remember, I remember very clearly your first audition for this. Uh, like taking taking the huge risk and making um, the making something uh, that you are looking down the barrel of the camera, endowing right. the camera with that uh, possibility and that importance, which really elevated your performance. And I also found um, like you're very open, but during that during that audition, you were incredibly open and you were very much open to ideas and suggestions and like it, it was a very it was a very strong give and take and we found a lot of stuff in that initial audition and it, it kind of goes to show um like things come back and uh i remember you talking right. about when you booked the the lou handy job on uh oh yuck and yep. how you had knew as soon as you auditioned for it you're going to have a callback and you worked on that those auditions relentlessly until you got that callback so that yeah. when you got there you were above and beyond what you had started at and it go it goes to show what what you put into this right and and how far you've come and how far you've grown so so kudos to you Lars
Thank you. Yeah. And that, um, so to loop back on a couple things mm -hmm. in making the decision to say, no, I can't like the, I think it was like two o'clock and it was 10 to two and their, their, their session was ending at two. And they're like, if you can hop on right now, they can see you. And I'm kind of panicking. I really want it. I don't want to say no. I'm afraid if I do say no, I'm going to lose it. And then I just had to take some power back and empower myself and, and the decision really what it came down to, and I think this is a good check in all your decisions is, am I making the decision out of fear or out of love or, or positivity? And in saying, yes, I'll hop on right now, flustered with no prep time, haven't looked at the scenes in three months, that decision would have made, been made solely out of fear of losing the job rather than from an empowered point of, yeah, I'm ready to rock and I, I want to kill this one and, and do a great job. Um, so, and, and I think every, all of us as artists, we need to empower ourselves, take, take back some of the power and agency and decision-making because there can be a tendency because when you are auditioning, you are, I mean, you're asking for a job in a, in a certain, to a certain degree, um, um, competing for a role. Uh, but, at a certain point, you got to take your power back. And instead of being like, oh, please, 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 please. It's got to be like, you got to draw a line in the sand and just be like, no, that's not going to work for me. I will happily audition, but the chips didn't fall the right way this time. And let's figure out how to do this properly. Um, and the other part of that decision is I just knew I, I was like, OK, I can get on there now. There's some value in, in the FaceTime with the director and meeting people like a, a meet and greet. But then I was like, I'm also on totally on tilt and flustered right now. They're not going to get my regular positive outlook and jokey, jokey guy. They're going to get a guy that's kind of pissed off and upset and flustered. And then the final decision was I knew they're not going to get a better They're I'm not going to do a better job than I did in my self tape where I had prepped and knew the scenes inside out, backwards and forwards. So it was just like, no, it's not going to work. Um and then that that Lou Handy role that you mentioned in Oh Yuck, where I was in, I think it was f five episodes as a recurring character in a kid's comedy show. That one, I wanted the role so badly um, because I loved it. And, and not really in a needy way, just in a, like, this is something that I want to do. Um, so I want to get this. I did it. You're right. I didn't stop rehearsing. Sometimes you, you, you audition and then you just forget about it and let it go away. Um, in that case, I auditioned and then I just kept rehearsing until I got the callback notice. Like I just decided in my head, I have, I already have this. I'm just going to keep, I'm going to keep rehearsing until the callback comes or until the time I'm on set, because I know this role is mine and it doesn't always work out that way. But, um, that was the mindset in that case. Um, Aaron, is your sound all right? You want to pop on? Yeah. Um, sorry about that. I'm having my own technologically flustered day sorry. today. Um, yeah, so I missed some of what Brandon said, but um, what I wanted to chime in and say was that I did think overall you handled you handled the situation so professionally in terms of rescheduling your callback. And I think that also goes a long way toward showcasing yourself, not just as a talented artist, but as a collaborator who sees themselves at an equal professional level with the people that you're entering into this project with. And that's highly attractive to people right. on the other side 
of the line. Um, right. There's a you we want um, we want our artists, our actors to claim ownership and say, hey, we're in this together. How can we yes and each other? And so someone who has, you know, the self-worth and the dignity to say, no, that's not going to work. I won't be able to show you my best today. Here's when I can. So you offered a possible solution as well. It wasn't just a hard no, it doesn't work. You know, it wasn't like the kind of egotistical grandstanding that right. you can also tip into. Mm-hmm. And when I say you, I don't mean you, right. Lars. I mean just people. People. Yeah. Um yeah, it was like how a, dare if I had been, how dare they and took a big ego trip or anything. Yeah. And, right, right. I've seen that. But no, you you said, no, this won't work for me, but here's what will. And I think you just presented yourself so professionally, and it's no wonder that they were happy to see you on a Monday. A so a solo callback too. Like yeah, it, was your, and, it was your moment. And I and I the funny thing is I saw the casting director the next day. I randomly bumped into him and I was like, Oh, hey, I don't know what happened yesterday. And he was like, Ah, like he didn't sweat it at all. In my head, I'm like, we tend to catastrophize and be, oh no, they're gonna think I'm terrible and I'm unprofessional when probably it was like my agent probably emailed them and be like, I don't know what happened, but there was a miscommunication. Lars never got the callback thing. Can we reschedule? And it was like, yeah, sure. No problem. We're, we've got another session on Monday. So let's do it then. Uh, it was probably as easy and as simple and nobody but me lost any bit of sleep <laughs> over it. Um, uh, I want to go back to something you mentioned, Brandon, about a strong choice um, because, and I haven't told either of you this, I got direct feedback and, and shout out to the director uh, I'll say the director's name, Joe Lynch. He was incredible. Maybe later we'll talk more about the episode and more about the experience um, when when the uh, show is released. But uh, he was so generous with his feedback and his comments about the first audition uh, and throughout the entire process. We had a meeting when I got up there and we went scene by scene, really line by line. Uh, and he was filling me in on and talking about my original audition. Oh, we really like what you did there. And, and we, this part and, and just making sure everyone was on the same page, but the two biggest things, and this is shout out to both of you, shout out to Tom Todorov. I was so happy when I heard this, I wanted to call Tom, um, the, the, the director, uh, the showrunner, who was also the writer and creator and a couple of the producers, made a point to come up to me when they met me and they said, Hey man, we wanted to let you know your audition not only changed the role, it changed the story and it changed how we shot this episode because of some strong choices I made. And I'll two, two of the choices. There were some moments where I looked right down the barrel of the camera in an extreme fucking close up where I was looking right down the barrel and that was it, it was an impulse that I had when I looked at it in my head. I was like, this has got to be right down the barrel. I was thinking in terms of a storytelling and I'm thinking in terms of um, filmmaking. I'm like, this shot's got to be down the barrel. Um, they could always say no. But another actor might be like, oh, no, you never, ever look down the barrel like that's that can't be a thing. And breaking the fourth wall, you can't do that. How dare you? And they specifically told me that choice stood out like a big, fat, lovely, sore thumb. Uh, and then the other thing that they said is, I might, so I'll tell you, my role is um, antagonist. Uh, am I getting that right? Protagonist, mm-hmm. antagonist, yep. good guy, bad guy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and there's a big trap when you're playing the antagonist of being like, oh, I'm the bad guy. I'm the villain. But our coaching and teaching from Tom and the Todorov Conservatory and Weekly Workshop is to play opposites, to find the love, to find the positive. He always mentions the negative is always written. It's our job as actors to find the positive. And apparently what a lot of the other actors did in their auditions is they played the end of the episode at the beginning, meaning they had no arc. They started out as the bad guy from the first thing that came out of their mouth. And, and that was kind of, if you look at it on paper, you could see those negatives and you, you no fault to those actors because it kind of, it's a trap that, that it was an easy trap to fall into. But the choice that we made in looking at the architecture of the scenes, we had three audition scenes. And in order for me to have an arc, I have to start out as positive and friendly. And I got a note from them. I'm like, they said, your audition, you playing the positive and, and some love and kind of a friendly neighborhood guy off the top, changed the whole story, changed how we viewed your character. Uh, so thank you. I got that huge thank you. And I was just like, oh, fuck yeah, thank you. I could never get better validation that our training with Todorov uh, is is spot on. And the reason it's spot on is because that's the truth in life. And we had several discussions on set about this where it's never that clear in life oh, he's a good guy and he's a bad guy. Everybody's everything. Everyone's Every human being has beautiful, loving, great characteristics that are positive and perfect and beautiful. And then everyone's got a dark shadow side where they do terrible things. And in heightened situations where there is conflict, that's all exacerbated, where people, yeah, good decisions, bad decisions. And me making that choice, when you see the episode, Hopefully what it does is leaves the audience in this tug of war of like, who's right? Who's wrong? Oh, I could see how he's made that decision. I could see how he made that decision so that there'll be team antagonist and team protagonist, which is also life as well. Like if you think about stuff going on in the world and, and in the, I'll use the United States as an example, it's like, it's not. Republicans are bad and Democrats are good or vice versa. It's everybody's everything and everyone's struggling to try and figure out how to get what they want in their life. So right away, that validation was like, ooh, make strong choices. Don't fall into traps. If you have impulses like I'm going to I'm going to look down the fucking barrel in a close up right now. And they took they straight up told me director, producers, showrunner, your audition, those choices changed the way we look at the role, changed, we, changed the way we shot the whole episode and changed the entire story for us. So I was like, oh, thank you. But really, not thank you to me, thank you to team because no, never have I felt more that I had like the kind of people on my shoulders with me, meaning acting coach Tom, meaning audition coach Brandon and Aaron, um and uh, we'll talk about a couple other people as well that were part of that team but yeah it was just huge validation so um that was a massive lesson for me uh i remember us talking a lot in your initial audition um about the fall of a hero uh because i i feel like that's that's what we we really captured in that 
all of this neighborhood hero kind of character, almost like Walter White in a way. Right. Uh, over the course of Breaking Bad. Right. And I that's that's what I, I really loved and took away from your initial audition was that it was the downfall of this hero character that was a, a beacon of light in this community that was kind of uh, not doing so well, but you were really holding it together for them and seeing right. the downfall of that and like and like family man, father, like and just falling into this headfirst into this trap um and like yeah, and it, the schadenfreude of it all really it's also realizing why did they give you three scenes you can't play three scenes all the same and if mm-hmm. i look at the last scene where where we there's a descent in the madness and some chaos and heightened conflict and some questionable choices if it starts there then what the fuck is the story imagine imagine if episode one of breaking bad uh, Walter White comes out and he's like, I'm a fucking monster. You know that scene where he has the scene with his wife and be like, I'm the monster. You can't do that in episode one. Otherwise, we don't give a fuck about him. He's just this mm-hmm. awful person who is a terrible drug dealer and gets a bunch of people killed rather than, oh, this is a guy struggling with a, a disease who fucking loves the fuck out of his family and wants to make a better future for them. So then he makes these questionable decisions, but they were arguably decisions and, and uh, moves out of love, not because I'm a big, bad fucking bad guy, you know? So yeah, it was, it was great lessons. Uh, Aaron, you got anything? Uh, yeah, so much. First of all, I'm so not surprised that they changed some of the way they shot it um, based on your audition and callback. That doesn't surprise me at all. What I am completely surprised that the showrunners and creators would have also f- like seen the role differently because I'm like, does that mean they they were actually falling into the same trap of, of oh he's just were. a villain from the beginning yeah. i'm like yeah. how can that be because we're all heroes of our own lives and stories you know right. it's i mean I, honestly i'm i'm gonna be i'm gonna tell a little tale on myself when you first sent me the sides to work the callback i thought you were the hero i, I thought you were the protagonist mm-hmm. Same. that's all i ever saw Mm-hmm. right not not the villain interesting yeah right so a- anyway just like wow it's it's so so interesting how we can be uh pulling different things from the same material and can i just circle back to something Please. from like yes. the very beginning of of this broadcast you mentioned how when you first saw the the breakdown in the role how you instantly latched on like here and it was like this is yours and then so much time went by and you had heard nothing and i just find it fascinating that a handful of the largest roles that i've booked in my career happen the exact same way right that kind of instantaneous i know it in my heart this is for me and then not hearing anything for months and kind of having that grace to like just dissolve your attachment to it. And then it comes back around at exactly the right moment for you. Uh, and in a surprising way. 
Um, yeah. And you killed it. And it sounds like your initial audition, because um, I, I, I didn't see it, but I know what we built on for the callback. So I, I know what you and Brandon put together had to be top notch. And, and then to hear all this uh, post feedback from production um, that you really stood out and were unique and were probably the top pick from the beginning. They could have booked you just from your audition. I did get that sense um, in the callback and then in speaking to them afterwards that, mm -hmm. that those choices did, they did stand out. So I, I was a front runner going into it, uh, which is also the reason why I, I didn't choose to do the last minute callback because I'm like, I don't think I can do anything but plant seeds of doubt in their head right now. Like, I'm not going to be better than the self-tape. So what's going to happen? I'm going to go in there frustrated. They're going to get a sense like, oh, he's a little seems a little off. He's got his sides in hand, doesn't know the script, like isn't sharp. Like I knew I knew it would be there. I knew it would come back. I could have been uh, sides in hand and done an OK job, but it's it wouldn't it, it would look more rough than the first audition and if they don't know the whole backstory of oh i just found out five minutes ago that i have a call back then they're just like huh well what you seem strong but maybe maybe not and circling back to something you said about about um dealing with adversity is i i always think about people who are late and if you've ever been somewhere where someone's late and they come in and they're all flustered oh my god I'm so sorry i'm late so sorry i'm so sorry i'm so sorry i'm so sorry so sorry and then for like the first half hour that they're there they're making it all about themselves and their fuck up rather than just gracefully coming in and being like, Hey, thanks so much for your patience. It was a bit crazy. I'm here now. And then that's the end of it. Or, or like take some steps to fix things, but don't make it a huge deal. Like sometimes people make, make a time, like they make mountains out of molehills by getting all flustered about things. When if it was on set, like say, if say if you're on set and something goes wrong, you just got to take a deep breath and move on. Like you drop a line or, or you, you miss a mark or if, if you, your shuttle was late to set or whatever, you missed a, missed a message from a, an AD calling you to set and you were a couple minutes late. If any of that stuff did happen, it's how do you respond to that is more important than the initial error. So I think there's, there's a lot of lessons there too. Um, so what else can we talk about? Oh, just to, to put a button on um, the strong choices and, and um, changing the role. At the end, the director uh, wrapped me. He's like, uh, all right, that's a picture wrap on Joey Freddy, the nicest bad guy ever. <laughs> um, which he was making a comment on, on the on-screen character, but also on, the, um, on my actual like as a human being dealing with people on set. So um, to, to wrap up this first section on team though, I talked about like all the things I've learned from our acting coach, Tom Todoroff, all the help that I got from the two of you, uh, all the help that I got from the director in the callback. Like it was one of the most generous directors I've ever had in feedback and spending time. Like even before we did those scenes on the callback, he was like, Let's talk a little bit about the initial um, your initial audition. He talked a little bit about the story in general. He talked about how we're going to shoot it, um, which is great. So he gave me a lot of great feedback. The other people that I want to shout out are um, Paul D'Agostino, 
who is a voice and speech coach uh, with the Todorov um, uh, studio, who, because I was a member of the conservatory, I have voice and speech workouts online in recordings. So one of the things I did, and, and we'll, this will um, lead us into the preparation uh, point of this, is every day when I was on set, I did a full 45-minute voice and speech workout with Paul D'Agostino, who I think Paul works at a, a couple other uh, faculties as well, like prestigious university programs, um, and has worked um, perhaps on, on Broadway and TV and film stuff. So uh, that was huge too. So I was like, okay, I've got my audition coaches, I've got my acting coach, Tom, I've got my voice and speech coach, I've got a director, and the other big thing that I that I made a real intentional focus on, and I believe this wholeheartedly, is filmmaking uh, it, more than anything else is a team game. So when I went up there, I was very focused on learning everyone's names and actually interacting like a human being, like not treating PAs or even background actors or a driver as second class citizens. And there's a trap there. It's like, it does feel fucking great when you're number one, two, three on a call sheet, you do kind of get treated like royalty. You got your own dressing room. You, you, you got people pampering you and hair and makeup before every and tweaking your collar and just kind of treating you like this uh, above person, but that like you fall into that and it can really fuck you up. So I made specific um, intentions from looking at the call sheets, meeting people. If if by the end of day one, I didn't know people's names at the end of day one, I was looking at the call sheet. Okay, key makeup person who I'm dealing with, that's her. Okay, key wardrobe. Okay, the sound guy. So that by the end of the set, I knew everyone by name and thanking people too. Like they come up, they sound guy is coming. He's messing with your lab and putting your pack down. And every time I dealt with him, I was like, Oh, thanks so much. That was great. And thank you. Like usually they're saying thank you. So it's a very Canadian thing where it's like, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> but it is a team game. And part of that is I, I want, I, I want everyone to feel like team. If, if they're feeling good about how I treat them, then they're probably going to do a better job when they're, and they're going to be nicer to me. Like there's a, a human element to that. you treat people nicely they're probably going to treat you nicely back they're going to be in a better mood so they're going to do a better job um so that that was really one big intention for me when i was up there and by the end i knew everyone's name um they're thanking me i'm thanking them and i i heard someone i don't know it was a podcast i listened to and they were talking about legacy and a lot of people, there's a fallacy about legacy in that a lot of people think of the term legacy, meaning how will people think of you after you're dead? And the whoever the speaker was, was like, no, legacy is not after you're dead. Legacy is what happens the moment you've interacted with someone and walk away from them. What you left, the impression that you've left with them right then and now, that's the legacy that they have of you or that's your legacy in them it's not 50 years from now when you're dead. So it was the idea of I wanted to walk away from that set, whether it was cast, crew, background, so that if anyone ever asked me, oh, what was, or asked them, you, oh, you work with Joey Freddie Larson, what was he like? That right away from that, if I never interacted with them again, ever, and never saw them again, that they would be like, oh, yeah, he was really cool. He was fun. He was like 
polite and said thank you and all those things versus the other like oh yeah he was a real prick <laughs> like seems nice on the podcast and he's nice on interviews and press but what a dick behind the scenes so I, I think that's a great lesson for everyone remember that you're a team and I, I don't really put myself above any other person on that crew it's like as actors yeah we're front and center and it's our close-up and maybe it's our faces on the poster or um, on the on the streaming site but the the gaffer who set up the light and was busting his ass for 14 hours a day for five days straight to me that it's like without him then the whole thing would have been fucked up just as much as it would have been fucked up if i wasn't there as the actor or, or if i dropped the the ball so just the the importance of it's a it's a massive team that puts all that together and as actors it's a trap to think like oh i'm i'm being pampered and it's my face and so i'm more important than other people you're you're really not yeah it's very true like you you do have to treat everyone with a sense of respect and like and that's what they'll remember you for and that's that's a great way to put it um because we should all be treating each other as, as equals because we're all just human beings and how would you like to be treated on set would you like to be uh talked down to or would you like to be right. uh, treated as as someone that is a um proficient at what they do and incredibly smart and and just want to uh, do a great job at what they do even background actors like i remember when i was on background and you're like you're you're kind of huddled with the other background actors and you see the people speaking over there and they're talking mm -hmm. to the directors and they have lines and you're just like oh wow that's really cool and there's a uh, maybe an unspoken rule of like not as background you're not really interacting with the leads so much but i made a point if i passed one of them or if i was back in holding at the craft table i'd be like great job everyone or that was really cool or even on set there was a kid there's a kid skateboarding by and I was like, oh, you are you a skateboarder? And it was like, he was like, no, I never skateboarded before. And I was like, well, you're killing it today. Maybe you'll be a you'll be a pro <laughs> skateboarder by the end. Like that kind of stuff. Just rem remembering that, like everybody there is a human being, regardless of their of their rank on the on the call sheet. Um, and I, I remember that because I remember being the background person and I remember looking at those people like, oh, my God, like, who is that guy right there? And the if if any of those people had to walk past me back then and been like, hey, great job on that last take, even if it was just a fucking all I did was white frame that would have like blown my fucking mind where I would have been like or, or something like, yeah, great job. Are you are you looking to be an actor or like stick with it? Like like something as tiny as that. You don't know how how that might pay off to a, to a young actor or to a kid. So, yeah, that, that was a big lesson for me. Um, what else do I want to talk about? So we talked about team. The other big thing was preparation. We've talked about that. This role, I followed my uh, audition checklist. And right from the get-go, part of the reason I really wanted this is I took the time to look up the producers. They, they had um, provided some backstory. They provided a lookbook and kind of a series synopsis. So I took all the time to go through that um, and do my prep, prep for the audition, prep for the callback. Um, from the time I booked the role, I booked you, Brandon, for a session. And then even while I was on set, one of the one of my scenes was a phone call scene uh, where it was just me on the phone. 
And so I booked Aaron for a session where she just called me up from my hotel room and I had, I had been able to see the set. So I knew the lay of the land where I would be shooting this, um, which was also intentional. The, the director gave me that opportunity and I accepted the opportunity. It was like, after you wrap on this day, if you want to go look at this other set so that you can start blocking it. And the director gave me a lot of freedom. He was like, I'm kind of going to just let you block this scene out yourself. So if you want to look at the set, so you know, the delay of the room that you're working in for the phone call. And then I just map that out in my hotel room. Okay. Here's the window and here's the hallway and here's the bedroom. And then I was running the scene. I don't know. We probably ran it five or 10 times, uh, Aaron, and just ran that and ran that and ran that. Cause I knew it was only going to be me on set for that scene. So it's like the whole scene rises and falls on me. And I'm really proud to say throughout the whole set, and this is a shout out to the whole team, the number of of like dr dropped things where like it, actors dropping a line or missing a mark or doing anything, there was like really none of that from an actor standpoint. If we ever had to redo something, it was like it was a camera move that didn't quite land at the right time. It was timing issues or maybe it was like a, a focus pull that because of where the actor was that time, they didn't quite get it. Uh, and there was one there was one rehearsal before we were shooting where I I um, the other actor said his line. It was a group scene. And I had a moment of like, this is me. Right. And and then had to be like where I wasn't quite sharp on it once in a rehearsal. And even that one time in a, in a rehearsal was like a check to me, like, don't do that in a fucking take. Like and, and everyone was brilliant in a take. I don't think there was that. I, I can't think of a single take where anything was blown because of an actor not knowing his lines or not being prepared. There was one moment in that phone call scene where the showrunner had rewritten a line. He came over to me and was like, it's written this way, but I think that doesn't make sense. Let's change it to that. And in one of the takes, I reverted to the old one, but I caught it, took a deep breath, backed up to where I was and then reset the line the way he wanted it to be changed. So again, it was no harm, no foul. And because of that preparation with you, Aaron, we shot that one scene. He had three camera setups in mind. The director, he was like, we're going to, we'll do it a uh, couple times from here, a couple times from here, a couple times from here. And I think we did three takes from the first setup, three takes from the second. And he was like, I think we got it. I don't even think we need that third setup. So I, I got what I need. You good. And I was like, yeah, that one, last one felt great to me moving on um and the importance of preparation for anyone if you if you have been on a tv set uh set um versus like an indie film there's just no time it's just go 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 all of your rehearsals aren't really for you as the actor they're for camera uh and lighting and for them to map everything out so if you're lucky enough to get some rehearsals it's really just for the camera moves to make sure they got everything covered. Um, and, and then it was like, we would get maybe two takes, three takes. So had any of the actors not been fully prepped and ready to rock all, we wouldn't have made our days. And we had, we shot, um, it was four days, uh, what they call splits, which is half day, half night. So our calls were like 3 PM, 4 PM, and we would shoot 4 or 5 p.m. until 4 or 5 a.m. so that they get the tail end of daylight and then they get an overnight shoot rather than just a day shoot and just a night shoot. Uh, and 
I think for the most part, they made every day one day because of rain and and some uh, technical practical effects issues. They ran a couple hours overtime. But other than that, it's just boom, 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 boom. So if you are not prepared and you're not ready to rock and know your lines, then you fuck everything up. And, and you actually, worst case scenario, could risk being fired uh, if you're not ready uh, and not prepared. Um, and, oh, there was one more thing I wanted to say about that. Um, oh. Uh, I just I spaced on it. Anyways, pre preparation, just the the pressure. Yes, Aaron. Aaron's raising her hand. Um, <laughs> well, because I, I have a couple of questions that have come up as you've been relaying some of these stories. So I'd love to know, one, did you and your other key actors find time to like rehearse lines privately in trailers or anything? Or the, the time was there. Um, I chose. I mean, we didn't ask you. It's not like I, if someone had asked, I would have said certainly for sure. I felt good enough that I was prepped. They were all pros. Their IMDb credits numerous. So I knew that they were in good hands. I think there, there was a couple of the actors. I know they, they rehearsed a couple of things in a in a dressing room, but we actually didn't end up doing that. Um, I was also very fortunate with the schedule over those four. It was a lot packed in in four days and it was pretty intense. But all my stuff was separate. So like my my three media scenes, which were the audition scenes, were all on separate days. And that phone call scene, which was a solo scene, was the very last day. And shout out again to the director, Joe, in my pre-meeting, the day that I arrived um, where I wasn't shooting, they flew us up there and check into the hotel and you get settled and acclimatized. I had a nice hour and a half long meeting. And one of the things he did is he showed me this is this is the plan schedule for the week. So right away I was able to map out, okay, I can, I had the luxury of focusing on this scene first. Then once that one's wrapped, we can move on to this one and onto this one. And then I had little bits and pieces here and there um, that weren't really scenes that I auditioned for. But when we got the full script, I had a line here and a line there and, and some things like that. But, um, but no aside, but what I did do is I rehearsed I, every day um, so let's, I, I want to shift a little bit from preparation to energy. Um, and they kind of overlap a little bit. Uh, one of the biggest challenges of being on set is managing your own energy. Um, meaning your sleep, especially, um, your food, um, just your, your own vitality, your, your rest, your, your water. And one of the hardest things is overnight shoots throw your your body clock way out of whack. If you don't get sleep after those, then you're fucked for the whole week. Um, I've had challenges in the past with uh, food discipline on set. If you've been on set, craft services is a buffet of good and bad food. There's candy, there's cookies, there's coffee, there's every sugar thing that you could possibly have. And I'm I'm a person in the past who's had issues with being able to walk by a bowl of chips and not grabbing a handful of chips or not grabbing a cookie every time I'm there. And I was, I went into that week being very conscious part, part of this, another person on my team now is Francis Dufour, uh, who's an actor and a fitness and nutrition trainer that I've hired to be my fitness and nutrition trainer. So we had a lot of conversations going in to the shoot on what I need to do, like making sure I'm getting my seven, eight hours sleep making sure I'm hydrating like crazy and not overdoing coffee 
and not overdoing sugar because I've done this in the past where every time I've walked by a table with a cookie, I grabbed a cookie and your, your blood sugar spikes and then it crashes and then it's fucking four o'clock in the afternoon and you're falling asleep and you got to do this scene. Um, and you're just not only the scene, you're just energy is going to be shitty dealing with people as well. So, um, so to look at that schedule, I was able to know, okay, were my calls. The, the nice thing is I never had early, any early mornings. Um, so I had the luxury of sleeping in because we had a consistent schedule, but I'll tell you my schedule. I would usually, if we wrapped mid morning, I was able to and fortunate enough to get seven, eight hours sleep, which means I was normally getting up around some 10, 11 noon, maybe on the latest. Um, but then I would get up. I would immediately go for a long walk. Like I would, was getting my 10,000 steps in every day. Uh, on that walk, I was listening to my morning routine stuff, some positive um, affirmational type podcasts. And I would also be running the lines. So I, I would be running my lines, saying them out loud, getting them into my body. Uh, and then I would come back to the hotel. I would get a little food in me um, because I wasn't, it's great. You got all the food you want on set, but I got to figure out what I'm doing at the hotel. So the first day that I arrived, I went and got some healthy food. I literally went to, I found this like wholesale uh, grocery store. I bought a two kilogram chunk of chicken breast, cooked chicken breast. Like when you go to a deli, you know, they put that giant piece of meat and then they, they slice pieces off. I literally bought a two kilogram thing of chicken breast. Uh, and I bought some yogurt and I bought some like uh, energy bars, healthy, healthy type stuff. The, the, um, the hotel had a breakfast, but it was like classic hotel hours where it's like 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. And like, I'm not, never going to be awake for that. There was a few nights where I got an omelet at the breakfast at the hotel when I was returning from set before I was going to bed, which was nice. nice. But just, yeah. uh, just being very aware of hydration, sleep and eating. Uh, there was a gym in the hotel. So uh, on the days that I was scheduled to work out, I usually work out like every second day, most days. Um, I was able to go get a light workout in at the gym. Nothing crazy because I didn't want to destroy myself or injure myself or two days later not be able to move my biceps because I blasted them so hard. But a light workout. And then I would go back to my hotel room. I would queue up Paul D'Agostino's uh, voice and speech workouts from the Tataroff uh, online archives. I would do a full 45 minute voice and speech workout, like awakening my body. His, his technique is, uh, he's a hybrid of Alexander, which is um, a lot of the body stuff. And then link later, which is releasing and freeing the voice. So I would do a full uh, voice and speech workout. So I was feeling great. My body was activated. I was energized. I was stretched. Um, I had, I was super relaxed, had no tension, um, my voice was warmed up. I'm sure the hotel maids uh, were like, what the fuck is happening in there as I'm as I'm going like uh, 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 hotel, hotel maids don't ask questions. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, actually, fun, fun fact, one of my other castmates, uh, Johnny Gauthier, as it happens when you're on set or when you're on vacation, you get other um, you get other audition requests. So he had to shoot a self tape in his hotel room. But it was a really intense scene where he was like, what the fuck do you want? Give me the fucking money. Give me the fucking money. <laughs> so uh, they actually got a knock on the door like, uh, is everything OK there? And then had to put a 
you put a note on the door like actor rehearsing everything's okay <laughs> um, there wasn't a lot of soundproofing in those hotel rooms so and um, he's lucky they didn't call the police right. um yeah. like right. they gave him the yeah it was intense like it was like a drug dealer scene or something like that so give me a fucking money give me i'm gonna fucking kill you you motherfucker <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um but yeah that's just what i want to say and, and i i've the reason I was intentional about the, the preparation and my routine and energy is because I've been on sets in the past where I didn't do that. I was undisciplined with my eating, with my sleep, guzzling sugar and, and coffee. And, and then by the end, but I wanted to be like, if I was to do this every day, I got to do some, I, you have to have a routine that's sustainable always, not just, oh, I can go hard and destroy myself for four days and then I'm a fucking wreck when I get back. But if all of your dreams came true and you booked a lead role in a movie or in a TV series where for six weeks or for eight months you're on set five, six days a week, if you don't manage your energy and your schedule, you're going to be a wreck. And so I was like, it was a test for me to up. And I'm, and I'm not saying I've always been like that as I've been terrible with eating and energy on set before, but I went into this. I was like, no, I want to up level my professionalism and get to the point where if I was doing this every day for the rest of my life, am I going to get out of shape? Am I going to not sleep? Am I going to become a diabetic? Am I going to like fall asleep on set or stop dropping lines because I'm not sharp energetically, but I was able to maintain that. But it was because I went in with a plan and I had those intentions of get my sleep, get my water, get my morning exercise, get, get my sunshine, get a light workout in, get a voice and speech workout in. So by the time I showed up on set every day, I was ready to rock. I was loose. I was uh, energized. I was relaxed. I knew my lines. Um, oh, I know what I, I wanted to say one thing um, about preparation when I was talking about um, uh, all the actors, like nobody ever flubbed a line during any of the actual scenes that we were shooting. And I heard a, I don't know what it was on. It was a podcast or something. I heard someone say, he's like, I know we're in trouble if on set an actor asks for his sides because he needs to look at lines. And that was a good lesson. I've done that before. Where I had my sides in my back pocket and I'm kind of like looking at them. And that's okay to, to check something or to see where you're at. Sometimes it's kind of confusing on set. Be like, what are we actually shooting right now? Because they move so quickly. And sometimes you're not, you're, um, you might do a master and then in another take, you're not starting at the beginning of the scene, you're starting halfway. So you might want to check sides. But I remember a director saying, he's like, I know we're screwed if, if too many actors are asking for the sides, meaning know what you're shooting, know the scene inside and out. So if someone says, oh, we're starting scene 117 from this line in your head, you're like, okay, I got it. I know exactly where we are. Um, uh, anything you guys want to say about uh, energy levels, routines, preparation? Yeah, I think it's really great to um, have uh, have a plan and the intentions like you did. I think it also just speaks to the importance of having healthy, sustainable routines just for your life. You right. know, not I mean, it's it's wonderful to kind of amp them up and tweak for the special the special events right. of being on set or performing, um, but to have something that sustains you every day so that when you do have those, these onset 
times, you know, it's like a little rise in your normal routine right. instead of like, if your routine is way down here because you're not doing anything, your routine is nothing. And then you're right. having to like climb this mountain while you're under the stressful circumstances of performing. Well, stressful, I put that in quotes, right. stressful meaning it's, it's new, it's out of the ordinary of your daily life. Um, it just makes it that much harder to stay, um, true to what you would like to be doing. And yeah. I'm a big proponent of voice and speech that should be worked on every day if you're an actor or performer, not just your onset true. days, true. but kudos yeah. for you for doing it yeah. and being intentional about making that choice to really right. go all in. Because yeah, relaxation and looseness is, is the thing. If you're not mm -hmm. comfortable, then you can't perform at your best. You right. know, you never you never see a professional athlete like going in cold on the court or the field. Yeah, you want to be loose and warm. Yeah, that that's what I was thinking. This really goes to show how actors do need to train as athletes um, because it is it can be a marathon sometimes, and you you do have to pace yourself and and make sure that you're checking in with yourself and making sure that you're doing everything that you can do to make sure you're you're reaching that body relaxation and uh, your voice is warmed up and your body is is loose so that right. you can do everything that you need to do depending on the day. Yeah, because if I didn't do that, maybe I'm not warmed up and relaxed till halfway through the first scene, but then that's yeah. gone. We already mm -hmm. shot that. So if I'm tight and tense or my voice wasn't there, then it's, it's already gone and there's no opportunity. And then, and then when I would see that episode come out, I'd be like, Oh shit. I, we kind of fell flat on that scene because I was still half asleep or hadn't warmed up. Like, and, and I, I'm totally guilty of this before joining Tom's studio is I used to think I, I, I didn't, I, I didn't I mean, I didn't know what I didn't know. That was part of it. But voice and speech work, like, what do you mean? I, I know how to move my body. I can speak like you mm -hmm. kind of you take it all for granted and think it's easier than it is. But you if if you're an actor out there and before your auditions and certainly before your performances and best case, as Aaron's mentioned every day, you got to be doing that. Your body is your instrument. And the difference is night and day, like how I feel after a voice and speech workout, my relaxation you got to remove all the tension from your body. Um, you, we hear the term tension masks emotions. Um, if you're tight and tense, and sometimes you don't even realize that you're tense until you go through a full voice and speech workout. And you're like, oh, I'm like clenching my butt or I'm my stomach is all tight or I'm holding tension here up up here in my in my vocal cords or in my face or any of that stuff. Like it is night and day. So if if, if any part of you listening or watching this is like, I have never done a voice and speech workout before an audition, do it. It'll, you'll feel way better. And now when I don't do them, I feel, I do feel off. I feel weird. I feel like, oh, I'm, I'm not ready for this versus full relaxation and, and a free voice and just feeling good. It's, um, it's, that's a huge up level. Uh, if you add that into your routine and um, check out Todorov studio too, for that, because that's one of the great things about their acting classes is every acting class begins with an hour voice and speech workout, because why would you be acting if you're not warmed up and your voice isn't warmed up? So, and that's something I learned that in the very first time I ever took a class with Tom, the intensives uh, when he was doing in-person stuff here in Toronto, 
Uh, it was Deborah Joy, who's a, a Toronto Canadian-based uh, voice and speech um, uh, teacher. And I looked at the things that we were doing and the people doing them as like, you guys are all fucking crazy. This is ridiculous. Making weird noises and weird shapes and doing all these weird things. And really, it was just because I was ignorant of it all and I was kind of afraid of it. And I was self-conscious of like, oh, I'm making all these weird noises. And that came after I'd already been doing stand-up and sketch comedy and doing all these wild, big, crazy things already. And that, I remember that first voice and speech work. I'm looking like, I don't know what the fuck is happening here. This is weird. <laughs> and, and now I love them. They're, it's great. <laughs> um, so we talked about uh, teamwork. Uh, again, to reiterate... Um, so I was so fortunate. I, I really did feel like I, acting can be a lone wolf thing. Stand up can be a lone wolf thing. We're all on our own journeys. But man, does it ever feel better when you know that you're not there alone. So thank you to both of you as my audition coaches, to Tom as my acting coach, to Paul D'Agostino as my voice and speech coach to Francis Dufour as my fitness and nutrition coach, and then to the entire team um the everyone on that set it was one of the best sets i've ever worked on everyone was positive there was aside from rain there was really no drama like there was no there was no egos or attitudes or negativity or at least not that i saw and and that was casting crew it was a fucking dream gig um so fun um and maybe the other things we can just uh also mention is there is a challenge when you rap on set of like coming back to earth and being like, okay, now what? Cause I was like, I remember the day, like we, when you rap and it's like, you feel fucking amazing. We wrapped at six o'clock in the morning. So it's not like we're all going to go out and have a rap party at six. It was like, go back to the hotel, get some sleep before your flight later, later on that afternoon. But I remember even walking into the airport with the other leads that I was in it. And we were just like, felt, felt like we, just did this incredible thing you're riding high just the best feeling in the world and then there's a danger or a bit of a trap to like coming back to reality you go from like oh i'm a fucking movie star to like now i'm just a guy at a grocery store and this <laughs> person doesn't know me at all so i think that really part of that is is leveling out the highs and lows i think is a good lesson and and like aaron you mentioned making some of your daily routines routines and habits that you have in all of your life that aren't just habits and routines and disciplines that you do when it's go time and that levels out that playing field but i i did have that little like same as when you're in a theater show or when you're on set a little bit of that hangover of like oh now it's done it's like you have all the anticipation when you book it and the preparation when you're there it's fucking amazing and when you wrap it's oh my god high five high five and then it's kind of like, okay, well, now what? Now it's back to regular life and on to the next thing. Um, so it's, I did have like, had to check myself a few times on remembering. This is why I wanted to journal on it and why I wanted to have this debrief of, of the importance of that debrief, whether it's an audition or an onset experience. Do you journal about it? Do you talk about it? Share about it? Note the wins note the struggles like we haven't talked yet about are there things i could have done to improve um but just when i did get back i kind of had to check myself a couple times and and it was a balance of remembering okay yeah you, you 
it's great to feel like a movie star, but you are also a human in every situation. So it's like you're the same guy, really. Um, but also remembering those highs, because there was like the high of like, and, and all the good feelings walking through the airport and feeling, oh, what an incredible experience it was so great. And then a week later, you're not in there. So there can be the tendency to just be like, kind of deflated and now what and what next so it's this weird balance of celebrating the wins but then moving on to the next thing because that is done like it's I'm, nothing's going to happen with that for six months or a year i'll get the echo of that when the thing actually comes out and i get to screen it and watch it and celebrate with cast and crew but anything you guys want to say on that um like the idea of when you do rap like coming back to to earth and how to move forward from that yeah, um, I think it highlights really about, um, well, a couple of things like making sure that you're doing in your daily life, doing all you can to have a stable mental and emotional healthy life as right. well. And everything that you can do to to maximize that, because, um, you know, the onset experience, you're getting a massive dopamine rush. Like oh, there's yeah. just there's. You can't change it. It's chemically happening in your body. And so remembering that and understanding that the drop off is also a chemical rebalancing. It's you're going to move through it and pass through it and just maintain your steady, healthy, mental, emotional um, uh, self-love and 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 practices for yourself will help that balance happen. There's also a book that I read a number of years ago now um, called How to Be a Happy Actor in a Challenging Business by Justina Vale Evans. Um, right. And uh, one of the concepts she talks about, which applies to everyone, not just actors, but the idea of like how to, how to slowly elevate your happiness baseline so right. that when you do have peaks you're able to settle back into your baseline in a more right. gentle fashion and that baseline is ideally rising higher and higher in your right. life yeah that's a great point point. and i think also just the importance of daily habits morning routines those kind of things um that really wasn't different coming back the timing of it was different but I still have my morning routine of listening to positive things, of hydrating, of getting out in the sun, going for a walk, moving, all of that kind of stuff was was um, consistent throughout. What was different was it, it was later in the day when I was on set because we we're on night shoots. Um, the other thing I didn't mention too is I like uh, I I don't drink very much, but I wasn't drinking at all up there. Uh, I occasionally um, will. Um, use other substances uh that are legal uh but i also wasn't doing any of that stuff up there so i was really focused and and i and i haven't really been doing any of that since then um either drinking or uh legal marijuana um, but it's just um taking care of your body while i was up there and i know that can be a trap for people too if if you're i mean no judgment but if your daily routine involves alcohol and then you're away for a week where you got to be on set well your body's going to react to that like needing that alcohol potentially but that can be a disaster if like i can't be rapping 
in the middle of the morning and then drinking in the middle of the night. Like, so I'm just, I say that just to be fortunate that I've dealt with most of that stuff and I, and I don't use any of that too heavily, but I could see how that would be a big trap for some actors um, where if they're, if they're drinkers, especially, and you're on set, well, where, where does that fit in? How does that fuck things up? Are you drinking before you're on set? Are you drinking after you're rapping? Like that, that can be a danger. So just the idea of monitoring that with all of your other health habits and figuring out where does that safely and, and um, healthfully fit in. Mm -hmm. And maybe, maybe it doesn't when you're on set. Yeah. Um, anything else? All good shouts. There's so much more we could mine, but um, thank you. I just want to say thank you for sharing so openly your process from, you know, first audition notice through rap day and beyond. I think it's really insightful and helpful for um, Great. others to just open up this box and share your experience so it's been really cool to to live through the journey with you again yeah and thank you to both of you i did feel the whole time that i had you guys in my corner and that i wasn't there alone so um kudos to you guys for all your support and that and that's really what the team and the community that we're building here at actors audition club is to create a scenario where you're not feeling like you're auditioning alone instead you're feeling like oh, this person cares about my audition as much as I do. They're rooting for me. They're in my corner. They want the best for me. Um, and that is how all of us treat auditions with our clients here. So uh, if you're looking for that type of community, then you can go to laughingvikings.com slash AAC. Uh, you can enroll as a member uh, for just a dollar, and that will include your first audition session. So you can essentially take us for a trial test run and get your first self-tape audition session for a buck. Uh, again, that's at laughingvikings.com slash AAC. And uh, yeah, I wanted to share all this. We always talk about auditions uh, and that is the focus here at uh, Actors Audition Club and on the podcast inside the audition. We are very audition focused, but what happens after the audition? You get on set and hopefully my, my uh, thinking with this is to drill in some of the lessons to myself by saying things, then, then I reiterate them to myself, to you guys, but also to our listeners so that if you've learned some of these lessons, you don't make those mistakes. So the first time you book a big thing, you don't go up and your energy is all out of whack or you didn't get sleep or you uh, didn't prepare or all those things. So hopefully you don't get fired <laughs> and uh, you have a positive experience when you're on set because the idea is we want to do this over and over and over again. And if it's a if it's a negative experience or something that physically hurts you, um, you're not going to be able to sustain that for long term. So um, we'll do a part two, hopefully sometime in 2024 when this episode comes out. I would also love to have my castmates from the show and the director, Joe Lynch. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to get him on in the future, too. But again, it was a dream experience. Um, it was like, honestly, one of those things that, uh, and, and I'm fortunate to say I've had many of these in my career so far, but one of those things where it was like, I'll never forget that experience and I'll never forget the entire cast and crew. And, um, 
I'll never be able to forget it because it'll be um, ingrained in film somewhere or digitally ingrained on some platform as well. So, and now it's on to the next one. So mm -hmm. it's uh, what have you done for me lately? Really? <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's, we got to go out and get the next one. And uh, fun fact, I do have a Zoom audition tomorrow morning that I recently got from my agent, Bella. Um, so it is on to the next one uh, tomorrow morning. So yeah. Oh. All right. You Thank you, guys. Thank you, listeners. Make sure to follow, uh, subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. And if you enjoyed this, share this out with your actor friends. Uh, and of course, anytime if you've ever got questions or comments or you want to uh, you want us to address certain situations, feel free to ask questions. Hit us up on uh, Instagram at Actors Audition Club and uh, we will answer your questions and address them in a future episode. All right. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you next Wednesday. Bye bye. This has been.